Today's daf is daf Gimel in Masechet Ta'anit. We will begin on daf Bet Amud Bet, six lines from the bottom of the Amud, the first of the wider lines on the page, where it says, Rabbi Yehuda ben Betera, Rabbi Yehuda ben Betera, Omer, B'Shani B'Chag Humazkir. Rabbi Yehuda ben Betera says that we should begin saying, Mashiv HaRuach Humorid HaGeshem on the second day of Sukkot. Ma'i Ta'amad Rabbi Yehuda ben Betera, what would the source be? for beginning to mention rain on the second day of Sukkot of all days, because we learned in the Brayta, Now, what this is talking about is that uh, on the, if we look at the Korbanot of Sukkot that are detailed in Parashat Pinchas, we know that each of the seven days of Sukkot, more or less similar korbanot are brought, except that the number of parim, the number of bulls, changes from day to day. And there are three unusual words used uh, that deviate from the pattern of the repetition that is found on all the other days. One is that on the second day, it says viniskehem instead of viniska. Because it's, uh, when the Torah is describing the Korbanot of Sukkot, it says that they are in addition to the daily Korban, the Olat Tamid, and, uh, and its libations. Uh, but in, on the second day, it says, Viniskehim, their libations. Also on the sixth day, it says, Unsacheha, which is libations in the plural, its libations instead of its libation. And on the seventh day, instead of saying that the offerings of Sukkot are brought kamishpat, it says kamishpatam, according to their law. So there are extra letters here. There's an extra yud in viniskehem. There's an extra, uh, there is an extra, I'm sorry, there's an extra mem in viniskehem. There's an extra yud in unsachea. There's an extra mem in kamishpatam, which spells out are mem yud mem, which makes mem yud mem are kan maim which uh, spells maim. So it's an example of where the rabbis use something that's re- reminiscent of the modern concept of the Torah codes, that there's an encoded halacha here of the word maim. From the, the extra letter on the second, sixth, and, um, and seventh days of Sukkot in the list of korbanot, we infer the, uh, or we're able to detect a hint so the idea of Nisuchamayim, the water libation that was offered. So why does he mention then that you should start saying on the second day of Sukkot? It would seem to be because that's when the hint of water is, uh, you know, begins to be encoded in the text of the Torah when it describes the sacrifices of the second day, right? So what, what's the reason? Because since the Pasuk begins to hint to the idea of Nisuchamayim, on the second day of Sukkot, that's when we should start saying, that's why we should start saying it on the second day. Now, Rabbi Akiva has a similar, uh, a similar kind of a basis for saying that we should start saying, on the sixth day of Sukkot, because it is on the sixth day of Sukkot that we find the word, it's libations. Which implies that there are two different kinds of libation. One being that there is a libation of water in addition to the normal libation of wine. So whereas according to Rabbi Yudah ben since the beginning of the hint to the idea of it being a water libation is on the second day, that's when we should start saying according to Rabbi Akiva, since the indication that there's more than one libation 
is on the sixth day. Therefore, we should start mentioning Mashiach Mori the Geshem on the sixth day. How does Rabbi Akiva know from the word Unzachea that it means a libation of water and a libation of wine? Maybe both are libations of wine. He agrees with Rabbi Yudab and Pterah that you see that encoded in the Torah is the word Mayim. From the second, sixth, and seventh day, you have an extra mem, an extra yod, an extra mem, which gives you the word Mayim. So, so if Rabbi Akiva really agreed to Rabbi Yudab and why doesn't he agree to start saying Mashiach Mori the Geshem on the second day? In other words, according to the, the point is like this. There are two hints in the Pasuk. One is a hint to the idea that there's more than one libation that needs to be offered. That's on the sixth day where it says un sacheha. And the other is a hint to what that libation should be, which is the word mayim that is uh, in, encoded into the se- second, sixth, and seventh day. So according to Rabbi Yudab and Bitwa, we should go with the second day as the time to start mentioning Mashibah Geshem, since that's the first day on which there's a hint to the idea of bringing the water libation. According to Rabbi Akiva, since the day that we indicate that there is an additional libation at all, is on the sixth day, so therefore that's when we should start saying Mashiach the Geshem. So Rabbi Akiva is saying, I know that the type of, that the extra libation must be a water libation because I agree with Rabbi Yudab and about the hint that's encoded in the Torah. But the idea that there should be a second libation of some sort is uh, reflected on the second on the sixth day pasuk, and that's why we should start saying Mashiach the Geshem on the sixth day. Tanya, Rabbi Nathan Omer, It says, and this is in the paragraph of the Torah in the parasha. That describes actually the the daily korban, the korban of the uh, the olat tamid. In other words, talking about the regular korban, and it says bokodesh hasech nesech. It says you should libate a libation, if that's the correct term. I'm not sure if that's the right uh, uh, English word. And again, the word hasech nesech indicates that there is uh, two kinds of nisuchim. Now that pasuk is not specifically talking about Sukkot, it's talking about the regular daily korban, but it indicates that there's two different kinds of libations that could be given. Now, how do you know that it doesn't mean that there are two wine libations? If it wanted to say that it's two of the same thing, then it would have mentioned the same pasuk twice. The fact that it, the same word twice. Since it says, It's using two different words to tell you that it's two different kinds of libation. Now, but it says in the Mishnah, Who is the one who says that we, that we do the water libation all seven days? Because, If you're going to tell me that it's Rabbi Yoshua, that says that the Nisuchamayim is all, you know, is all seven days. So, the uh, it, that doesn't make sense because really according to Rabbi Yoshua it should only be one day uh, because uh, he's the one who says that we start saying on so perhaps he should also say that we be, that we do the nisuchamayim only also on shminyatzeret if it's Rabbi Akiva, it should be the sixth and the seventh day of Sukkot. That's two days. If it's Rabbi Yudab and it should be starting on the second day of Sukkot. So that will still give you only six days, the second through the seventh. According to Rabbi Akiva, the sixth and the seventh. According to Rabbi Yoshua, we begin saying, Maybe that's where you should have it. Right? So the, uh, so Le'olam says the Gemara really, no, really, we could say it's Rabbi Yehuda ben Tirah. It's really Rabbi Yehuda ben Tirah. It's really like Rabbi Yehuda. The matnitin. 
but he holds like Rabbi Yehuda of the Mishnah Detan. Rabbi Yehuda Omer Belog Ayam Nasech Kol Shemona that all eight days, according to Rabbi Yehuda, including Shmini Atzeret, there was Nisu Chamaim, according to Rabbi Yehuda, Umapikri Shor Mayel Shmini. And what Rabbi Yehuda Ben Metirah will say is the first day of Sukkot, we don't do Nisu Chamaim because it's not, it doesn't start being hinted at in the pasuk until the second day. So how do we get seven days? We add Shmini Atzeret. So why doesn't he want to include the first day? Because the Torah doesn't start hinting to the idea of the Nisu Chamaim until the second day. How does he get seven days? Then he adds Shmini Atzeret. But you can make the same the same argument to say that you should stop doing a Nisu Chamaim after the seventh day because the seventh day is the last day that there's any hint in the Pasuk to the idea of Nisu Chamaim. So why should it be that you include the eighth day? Right? If you're saying that all that we include in Nisu Chamaim is what's within the brackets, so to speak, that are created by the hint, which is second day, sixth day, seventh day. So anything before second day shouldn't be included, but anything after seventh day also shouldn't be included. Really, it's Rabbi Yoshua in the end. Even though Rabbi Yoshua holds that uh, a person should uh, start, that really we start saying the Mashibah uh, Geshem on Shmini Still, he holds that you do Nisuch HaMayim all seven days because it's Halacha Moshe Sinai. It's an oral tradition that was passed down from Ar Sinai. The Amar Rabbi Ami Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Mishum Rabbi Nechunya Ish Bekat Bet Chortan. Because Rabbi Ami said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, in the name of Rabbi Nechunya, a man of the of the valley of Bet Chortan, Esrin Nitiot. This is the Halacha Shmita. I'll explain in a second. Arava, the idea of the willows, the extra willow that was brought to the Beit HaMikdash on the days of Sukkot, and also the libation of water, these are all oral traditions going back to Har Sinai. Um, and therefore, that's independent, separate and apart from the question of when we start saying, according to Rabbi Yoshua. Now what's Esther uh, Nitiot? We've seen this actually, this statement, many, many, many times in Shas, it comes up. It's talking about a about plowing pre-Shemitah. Plowing pre-Shemitah was generally not allowed. After Shavuot, plowing was considered to be preparing for the following year and therefore wasn't allowed. However, if there were 10 saplings in an area of 2,500 square amot, uh, 10 saplings that needed treatment, needed help in order to uh, make sure that they wouldn't die, so then you could plow the entire field based on saving those 10 saplings. That was Al-Akhala Moshe Misan, an exception to the rule of not plowing prior to Shemitah. In any case, all these three, three ideas were halakha Moshe Misinai. Now, Rabbi Yudah Omer, Mishim Rabbi Yoshua, Ovel Lepnei Ateva, Biyom Tova Achaon, Shel Chag, Achaon Maskir, Rishon Eno Maskir, Biyom Tova Rishon Shel Pesach, Rishon Maskir, Achaon Eno Maskir. Simply stated, what that means is that whenever we change from Mashiva Ochum Oide Geshem, or back to not saying Mashiva Ochum Oide Geshem, the change happens at Musaf. So when you're adding Mashiva Ochum Oide Geshem, you start at Musaf. The first person doesn't say it. Person who does Musaf says it. When you're stopping to say Mashivochum Oide Geshem on Pesach, the first person is still saying it in Shacharit, and in uh, Musaf he stops saying it. Now, hey Rabbi Yoshua, which Rabbi Yoshua is it that says this? Ilem Rabbi Yoshua the Matnitin. If you're talking about the Rabbi Yoshua of our Mishnah, Hamar Biyom Davachon Shel Chagu Maskir. According to the Pshat, what Rabbi Yoshua meant in our Mishnah was not that you wait until the daytime to start saying Mashivochum Oide Geshem. He meant from the nighttime, from Arvit. Because we also said, from the time that you stop using the lulav from the night, rather it must be Rabbi Yoshua from Baita. There he says, from the time that you put down the lulav. In other words, same thing. You start the night of Shemini Yatzeret. 
This that Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of Ben Bitera, he said that when that whoever goes as the Chazan on Shmin Yatzeret, the person in Musaf starts saying Mashivochum Ori Degeshem. Hi Ben Bitera, which Ben Bitera is it? Ilem Rabbi Yehuda Ben Bitera Hamar B'Sheni B'Chagum Maskir. It can't be Rabbi Yehuda Ben Bitera because Rabbi Yehuda Ben Bitera we saw doesn't say that the uh, change is implemented on on Shmin Yatzeret. He says that we start saying Mashivochum Ori Degeshem on the second day of Sukkot. So Amar Abdul Rahman Bar Yitzchak. It's Rabbi Yoshua ben Betera. In other words, we can say about both of these teachings, Tarvayu, which should say according to the Bach, both of them are Rabbi Yoshua ben Betera. So it's not the Rabbi Yoshua of the Mishnah, and it's not the ben Betera of the Brayta. It's a different person, Rabbi Yoshua ben Betera. Zimnin de Karele Bishmei, but the Karele Bishmei de Abba, sometimes they call them ben Betera after his father, sometimes they call them by his first name, Rabbi Yoshua. When he was, before he had Simicha, so they would call him by his father's name. Once he had Simicha on his own, so then they would call him by his own name. But the point was, he holds, Shemini Yatzeret is what we start saying, but he holds that we start saying it at Musaf, not at Shacharit, and not at Arvit before. The rabbis never required us to mention Tal, which is do, and never to mention wind. Right? If you want to, you're allowed to, but there's no requirement. The reason why we don't mention it in the prayer is because it never stops. It's always there. So we don't have to ask for it. And since we don't have to ask for it, we don't have to mention it. How do we know that the world is never without do? Well, because uh, Eliyahu Navi said to Achav, As God lives, the God of Israel, that I stand before him, if there will be during these years, and this was the years of drought that Eliyahu decreed upon the people, he said, if there will be any tal or matar, except according to my word, there won't be tal or matar, there will not be dew or rain. Okay, now, then, and later on, when Hashem lifts the decree and tells Eliyahu to go back to Achav and to change the decree, he says, Lech, when he tells him, go and appear before Achav, Lech, El Achav, and Hashem says, I'm going to put rain back on the earth. But he doesn't mention anything about dew. Right, so my Tama, what's the reason why he doesn't mention, Hashem doesn't say, I'm going to restore the dew to the land, because the Lama it must be because. Uh, because it, it never stops anyway. So, so if that's true that the, that the dew never stops, so then why did Eliyahu Navi say that the dew was going to stop? He said there wasn't going to be any rain or any dew. He meant that there won't be tal of bacha. There won't be um, there won't be dew that provides blessing, the kind that that facilitates growth. But then, okay. So why? So then, uh, if that's true, so then why doesn't Hashem say I'm going to restore the dew of blessing because that apparently was missing during the times of the drought? It says no because there we because it's not obvious and basically somebody would, like Achav would say ah the tal didn't really stop. You said the tal is going to come back. What do you mean the tal was there the whole time? They'll try to argue and say no, that's not really tal shel bacha. That's inferior tal. It's not good tal. Whatever, but he's not going to believe that. So it doesn't do you any good to mention the tal being restored because as far as the people were concerned, the tal was never gone, even though that tal was not as good as the dew that uh, would provide um, growth and would stimulate growth. So uh, in any case, now it says, How do we know that wind never stops? 
Because the Pasuk says, when it's talking about the Jewish people being spread out, it says, uh, Zechariah says, I have spread you out like the four winds of the uh, heavens. What does it mean, like the four winds? So, uh, what is he saying to them? If this is what he means, that I spread you out to the four corners, meaning that Jews are in the four corners of the world. So then why does it say I spread you out like the four corners? It should say It should say in the four corners. In other words, if it's talking about where Hashem spread them out to, it should say in the four corners, not like the four corners. Just like it's impossible for the earth to exist without wind because it gets too hot and because the whole weather system is dependent on the wind. Similarly, it is impossible for the world to exist without the Jewish people. So in order to make sure that they would continue to not, that they wouldn't be destroyed and perish in their exile, they were spread out uh, it's to sustain the world. If a person says, he mentions that Hashem is the one that causes the wind to blow, we don't make him go back. But but if he mentions that Hashem makes rain, then he has to go back and say the Amidah again. In, during the rainy season, if he didn't mention the wind again, we don't make him go back. But if he doesn't mention the rain, then he does have to go back. In other words, the point is that when you're supposed to mention the rain, it's indispensable. And when you're not supposed to, it's fatal error and it's filah to mention it. Even if a person said a negative thing, Hashem makes the wind go away. And he makes the tal disappear. Okay, in We don't make him go back. Why? Because he's saying studio, he's saying nonsense, because we know that the wind and the dew never totally go away. Tana, the rabbis taught. The rabbis did not require us to mention clouds or wind. If you want to mention it, you can mention it. What's the reason? Again, because they never stop. Is it really true that they never stop? When it says, and then it says, so that's superfluous. It's extra to say, I'm going to stop the heavens. If you already say there's not going to be any rain. So what does it mean? That means from the clouds and the wind. How do you know that it means from cl- from clouds and wind and it doesn't mean from rain? It already says in the Pasuk, Hashem is going to stop the rain. What does it mean Hashem is going to stop the heavens? It means from wind and clouds. We have a problem. Because one statement of the Chachamim was that there is no, that the, that the wind never goes away. But here it sounds like the wind does go away. And similarly with the clouds. Before we said the clouds don't go away. Now it's saying it does. It depends. If you're talking about the clouds that come prior uh, to the, to the uh, advent of the rain. So the, the, the clouds that come before the rain, those are the ones that never stop. Because sometimes they come and there's just no rain afterwards. Right? However, the ones that come after the rain, those will stop. Because if there's no rain... Obviously, um, they're they're not going to come. And even if there is rain, they wouldn't come because they actually help the rain to have its effect by keeping the sky dark. Similarly, uh, the source that says that the that the, the wind never stops is talking about regular wind. But really strong winds could be absent. But the fact is that we use strong winds in order to 
sift our, uh, uh, um, to winnow our grain because it would throw the grain up and the chaff would be pulled away from the wind and the heavy grain would fall to the ground. So we, why shouldn't we pray for it? Because we want the strong winds. It says, no, because since it's always possible to use a sieve instead of using the wind, we don't need the strong wind so much and we don't pray for them and therefore we don't mention them. It says that, that clouds and wind are second only to rain itself. What's it talking about? What comes after the rain actually is second only to the rain itself, meaning it has an effect. It contributes to the effect of the rain to facilitate, to promote growth. And... Um, and the Gemara says, uh, and then it says, uh, Are you saying that that's a good thing? It says that Hashem is going to make the rain of your land into uh, uh, dust and dirt. And and Ula said, and some say it was Rabbi Yehuda. This is talking about the wind that comes after the rain, that it kicks up dust and dirt, and it just makes a makes life miserable. It depends if it comes softly. And gently, then it's not going to create dust and dirt and so on. But if it comes very hard, then it's going to create dust and dirt and be a curse. So it would be, a, it's a blessing to have, and it's helpful to the rain to have winds afterwards if the winds are not the kind of winds that, uh, that pull up uh, dirt and dust and are damaging. Uh, one is talking about the kind of wind that pulls up dust, and one is talking about that it doesn't pull up dust. In other words, really, those are probably, uh, Rashi says, These are not two answers, really. Um, it's the same answer. In other words, the strong ones, which pull up dust, versus the weak ones that don't pull up dust. The weak ones are very good for uh, for nourishing the land. The strong ones are not. The wind that comes after the rain is like rain. And the clouds that come after the rain is like rain. The sunshine after the rain is like two rains. What does it come to exclude? This is to exclude the glowing or the glimmering that from the heavenly bodies at night, which is not helpful for growth. <coughs> and also the sun that peaks out between the clouds, which is not Helpful for growth on partly cloudy days or mostly cloudy days when the sun peaks through. That is not helpful for growth. But everything else pretty much is. Amrava, Malay Talgalaturei. The snow is as good for the mountains. Like five rains for the ground. Shenemar, as we learned, and we learned it from the Pasuk, because Hashem says to the snow, go to the ground. The Geshem Matar, the Geshem Mitrot Uzo, and then it says Geshem Matar and Geshem Mitrot Uzo, the strength of Hashem in the rain. So it says Geshem Matar, Geshem, that's three, and Mitrot is two more, so that's five rains mentioned after the snow. So that shows you that the snow is as good as five rains. That the Talgal is the Ture. Um, the uh, snow is for the mountains. Mitra chazraziali ilane. Strong rain is good for the trees. Mitra nicha the pere. The the softer rain is good for the fruits. And orfila afilu leparzida to take kala manya. The very light drizzle is good even for a seed that's under clod of earth under the ground. Manya uh, le my orfila. Urupili, because what does Orpila mean? 
it, it, what this rain of drizzle, it means get up seeds, meaning it awakens the seeds because it's soft and it works its way all the way down to the seeds. Uh, a, a rabbinic student, these young scholars are similar to a seed under the ground. Because once it starts to grow and blossom, it blossoms. Right? She says as soon as its name, the person's name goes out, the Tamil Chacham becomes known, becomes recognized, his fame takes off and he becomes more and more uh, appreciated. And that, of course, encourages him to learn even more and to rise to even greater heights in his learning. We'll continue from here tomorrow.